and welcome to Plugging into the Future, the Benefits and Challenges of Electric Farm Equipment. I'm your host, Beric Mosgrove, and today we will be exploring the benefits and the deficits of this new technology, how we can safely and effectively implement it into the farming industry, and the effects it will have on society, the climate, and agriculture. Later in this episode, uh, we will be joined by a farmer who will share his opinions on the matter and... Um, We'll see. We'll see what the average, average member of the agriculture community thinks about this issue. So, battery-powered tractors. How's that going to work? Well, as we know, with electric cars, um, electricity is the future. However, there are a lot of challenges along the way in order to get to a sustainable uh, level of technology for this industry. Unlike electric cars, tractors and farm vehicles operate for long durations in extreme weather under high pressure situations where breakdowns could be catastrophic to a farmer's crop yield for the year. So we can't just do what we've been doing with electric cars and put them out there and hope for the best, uh, where a breakdown might be inconvenient for a day, but it's not going to potentially put you out of business. No, we do not. So big concerns for the electric tractors, obviously, one being the time that they need to operate, two being the conditions, uh, three being the power that they can hold, because as you get heavier and heavier, you start to worry about soil compaction and what that can do to a field, because um, when you start pressing on the soil more, you start compacting it, you are damaging the soil health, and it can be detrimental to your crop yield which obviously is not something we're going for if we're trying to make a sustainable future in electric farm equipment. So a little background about why I care about this topic and why this is important to me. I grew up in a semi-rural area and I spent a lot of time as a kid on farms working with farm equipment and spent many, many days and quite a few nights um, out in the fields working on stuff during harvests. And I understand very well how demanding this can be and how much you rely on your equipment to work the way it's intended to work and um, how bad it can be and how stressful a breakdown can be uh, in the middle of the night out in the field when you're being threatened by rain the next day. So why can we not make an electric tractor right now that meets the needs for the industry? Well, the biggest thing is the batteries. Um, currently, our lithium ion battery technology um, is not energy dense enough to compete with diesel. Diesel still has about 50 times the energy density of our current battery tech, which uh, really plays into both the weight of the tractor as well as the cost, because when you have that much material to mine for a battery, you're going to end up with a lot of, of money tied up in that in the mining, the refining, processing and the manufacturing of the batteries, which can be a big deal, and that drives the cost up on the equipment. So we can't do that with our current tech. Now, I don't doubt that it will get there. And like I said, according to the University of Washington right now, diesel can contain about 12,700 watt hours per kilogram, whereas lithium ion battery cells are still at about 300, which is not where we need to be. So that's the first thing is the battery chemistry. We can't store the energy. Second, we don't have the charging capacity. I mean, think about what we hear coming out of California in the news with power grid rolling blackouts. People can't charge their electric cars. They can't run their AC. When it comes to harvest time, especially in places like the Midwest, it is go, go, go. It does not stop. And we cannot afford 
to have a rolling blackout, we can't overwhelm the power grid. So as it stands with how we supply energy to the farms, we cannot successfully and effectively power and charge all of this equipment. And we can't store, we cannot have enough electricity in the batteries to run for the amount of time. Tractors can run upwards of 15 hours a day, depending on the time of the season. And that can be in extremely cold temperatures. It can be in high temperatures, both of which can be detrimental to batteries uh, regarding the discharge and everything there. So that is not uh, ideal. So we've got battery tech that's not there yet, a charging grid that can't support it. And the fact that right now batteries are just expensive. And when you look at the cost scale of commercial agriculture vehicles, you realize that it is going to be a bit cost prohibitive for your average farmer to convert over to this new tech. Now, we could offset that with government subsidies, but those effects are going to trickle down to the consumer in such ways as increased cost of goods at the store. Um, we could be concerned about the the power grid, but also the job market. When you look at mechanics and the uh, operators and stuff, the new equipment does not need uh, the operators all the time. Like the traditional stuff does hand in hand with electric become uh, comes autonomous. And so you're going to lose some jobs there, but also you're going to have this void of mechanics who aren't trained on this equipment, who can't repair it, who can't do it fast enough. And that's been seen a little bit in recent years with John Deere with their equipment. And there's been a lot of uh, hubbub about right to repair there. And that's a big concern. So without further ado, let's go ahead and hear from a farmer about what he thinks on this. Uh, Jacob, can you tune in? Yep. Hey, Barrick. Howdy. Uh, so my concerns when I hear about tractors moving to electric is repairability. And like you mentioned, how John Deere does make it difficult sometimes to repair our tractors. But the difference between a diesel John Deere tractor and an electric tractor is I know how an engine operates. I can fix it. I can go in there. I can see, oh, some fluid's low. I can replace that. With this electric tractor, how am I supposed to know what's broken? And if it is broken, when is it ever going to be replaced? Uh, is there a supply chain in place to do that in the next 30 years? Because tractors have a very long uh, lifespan. You know, I'm I'm right there with you. I I'm I work in the engineering field, and even this stuff's magic to me. I don't know how it works. I I can definitely uh, open the hood and stare at it, but that's not going to fix it. Right. So, um, bottom line, I don't know how to fix it. And I think what most companies are going to want is to have their own techs trained in order to do it. And that's what John Deere does. And uh, there have been several lawsuits filed against John Deere in recent years because of the repairability. And the matter of fact is they don't have enough text to take care of somebody out in the sticks in you know, Michigan right. or, or Illinois. And they were taking two to three weeks to get out there and fix stuff. And as far as that's... the supply chain goes, I, I, I don't know. That's it. When we're looking at tech, that's not really here yet. We can't, um, we can't, get a concrete answer on how project uh, product support is going to be upheld over the, the following years. And yeah, tractors last forever pretty much right now. I mean, I know people who are still operating machines from the fifties right? and that's definitely not going to be the case with these uh, if we're not able to get them repairable in a way that won't total out the tractor if something fails on it. Right. And with lithium batteries, like you're saying, they have a limited lifespan. They're not going to go for that long. They're eventually going to need to be replaced. And 
the, also just the the uh, amount of time that you get operating the tractor on one battery would be not very much. And how would you switch those out? Would you have to have multiple just back at home charging constantly if you're running it 15 hours a day? And what's the cost involved in that? Uh, that That is one way to do it, to have stuff... Um to have extra battery packs charging at home. Another, another thing that's been talked about John Deere, and you can look this up. John Deere has developed a prototype that just uh, has basically a really long extension cord that it feeds out with itself and it, it keeps it out of the way, but it, it's, it's uh, tethered. And I think as that avoids the battery thing, but then you're, you're stuck on a rope quite literally. You can't, you can't go all uh, just anywhere you want. And I think the cost of the battery cells is going to be pretty high. I, I know personally I've I've owned and worked on hybrid cars. And uh, when it gets to a point that the battery goes out, it's just not worth fixing because for a, uh, I had a 2007 Honda, which isn't super old, but that battery went out and I was looking at a $2,000 bill just to fix that for a, a little commuter car. So I don't I don't have hard numbers on how much that could cost for a, a full size tractor or a fleet nonetheless. But I think that Right now, you could probably expect battery life to be somewhere between 10 and 15 years tops. Um, and that's right. that's assuming that they do a good job with battery management system and cell balancing and everything. Right. And I mean, there's also just like you said, with extreme weather conditions, batteries are affected by that. So if you're in a cold climate, uh, you're, you can expect 20%, 30% less uh, power than if you're in a warmer climate. Exactly. How are going to handle that? Um, that, that's another thing that will need to be tackled. I know Daimler truck right now has, um, electric trucks and their range drops about 40% when they get up to Alaska to, uh, to do testing there. And that's just not feasible. I hate to, to cut things short, but we are running out of time. So, um, I hope that this has been informative for everyone and I implore you to do some more searching on your own and, really educate yourself on this and share it with your your circle of people, share it with your friends, your family, and get this out there. Because um, if we're not careful and people don't know what all is at stake here, we're going to end up with some legislation or stuff that just is not going to serve our uh, best interests. So uh, educate yourself, educate your friends. And um, if you want to contact your legislators or your your government officials and and ask them to look further into it before they look into doing any sort of legislation on it. So that's all we've got time for today. Thank you very much, Jacob, for joining us and uh, we'll see you next time.